Welcome to the Higher Podcast with Austin Gravit. Exclusive interviews with CEOs, celebrities, and top-tier guests in the entertainment industry that are making an impact in the world while making themselves a priority to stay in top shape. This is the Higher Podcast. Gravitating toward your higher self. Welcome back to the Higher Podcast, the reinvention of the show, where we explore the journey of self-growth and transformation and where we go deep to ascend higher. I'm your host, Austin Gravitt, and this is the first episode of 2024. Today, we're diving deep into the reflections of 2023 and the transformative lesson I gained. Now, today is exceptionally significant as it commemorates the one-year anniversary since I began this podcast. While my activity may not have matched my initial expectations, let's just say, I strongly believe that this perceived, we'll say, lack of effort on my end has served a greater purpose in the rebirth of this podcast. The thing that I experienced has allowed me to align myself with my true purpose and really impact the people that this podcast is meant to help. And so I want to first lead off from the last episode with my story. And um, I will admit this is extremely difficult for me to share. Um, It's probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever said on anything on social media of the, what, 10 plus years I've been on social media of fitness. And um, it's going to be tough to share, but at the same time, you know, this is, this is, important. I think it needs to be heard. Uh, I think it may help many people hearing this. So I'm going to go ahead and lay it all out. So as a child, I grew up alone. And obviously, I wasn't by myself. I had parents. But I grew up an only child. Um, You know, I would say uh, I faced what many would label as a dysfunctional childhood. Um, I had I lived in a turbulent environment filled with a lot of yelling, a lot of fear, a lot of chaos, a lot of instability. And um, I just want to say, uh, despite these challenges, I will say I I was very privileged to live in a nice area. I attend a great school, um, receive a lot from my parents. And the thing I will say, though, is, however, um, I did lack siblings, which meant I often felt very overwhelmed, um, or I, I took on this role of this overwhelming level of responsibility, let's just say. And this led me to becoming fiercely independent. I'd say this sense of responsibility uh, ended up turning me into is a people pleaser, unfortunately. Um, I laugh at it now, but you know, sense of responsibility turned me into a people pleaser. And it's a role often associated with children that are the golden child. Obviously, <laughs> I could only be in a, a golden child because I was the only child. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I learned that, that the admission to any relationship required me forfeiting my needs, my rights, and my boundaries. You know, I was always in this, also this constant pursuit of perfection because I was the only child. You know, I, I was in this constant pursuit of perfection through achievement, you know, becoming, let's just say it became my way of feeling safe and loved. Let's just say I developed this strong work ethic. And I'm very grateful for that because my parents are both extremely hard workers. I mean, they they instilled hard work with me. And um, 
the only problem to this was not them, me. I started associating it with attention and love. You know, I started to have this desire to prove myself. And I believe this contributed to this, now what I have today, this high achiever mentality. Um, you know, it, it's, a lot of it's been rooted in the fear of failure and rejection and then abandonment. Let's just say um, this context is crucial for what comes next. I'm about to share it. The start of all that was around like 2002-ish, right? And to, without getting into too much detail, but around, let's say, 2005-ish, I entered my teenage years, 2004, 2005. Um, that's when, you know, I started, I went off to high school. And um, this is when I also discovered, I'd say, the low self-esteem, the body dissatisfaction you know, it really led me to some unhealthy habits. Um, just I wasn't happy with myself, you know, very insecure. And it led me to, to smoking and, and uh, drinking. And, you know, it turns out um, that went on for a long period of time up until my 18th birthday, uh, around 18, when I actually my birthday's in June, when I graduated high school in 2009, um, I started working out, you know, I started getting really serious about working out just because I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I wanted to build my, my self-esteem. So I started working out at that time. And it's funny around that same time, um, I ended up getting in a relationship in that summer of 2009. And I'd say engaging in in fitness, it marginally boosted my self-esteem. Like I said, it led me to that relationship, uh, but that relationship ended very quickly. And I think a lot of it didn't end because of the physical part. It ended because I didn't have the emotional security. Um, I doubted myself, my confidence wasn't there. And I think a lot of it stemmed from obviously the trauma. Um, But here I'm going to say today, rejection is protection, right? So I believe that um, this breakup fueled me. It it pissed me off like anyone else would, you know, would feel when you're young, you know, you get a breakup, you feel down. So what do you do? You get fueled by that anger, whatever it is, the emotion you experience from that. And You want to do something about it. You know, a lot of it comes from proving, you know, the person wrong. So um, this breakup fueled me, let's just say it led to a desire for me to work out more and build up my confidence. It wasn't until 2014, I ended up pursuing fitness as my passion. I started GrabFit, the Instagram um, that's now built up today to a fitness coaching business. And ironically, I met my wife, Kelly, my now wife, Kelly, uh, that same year. And you know, we both have grown so much together over the years. Let's just now fast forward to 2022 when right around uh, the pinnacle of my success, if you will, however you define success, but we'll say success in uh, my viewpoint back then was material success. And around 2022, um, this is when I achieved my highest level of success. The end of 2021, early 2022, you know, I was making a lot of money multiple six figure business. I bought a hundred thousand dollar car, I bought a house, um, a lot, all these things. And I, and I don't say this to brag. I see this for context. You know, a lot of this stuff was just, it was, it was an empty void. This material success brought me back to a familiar feeling from my childhood. It was when I achieved all this, it was just a feeling that when I got to this pinnacle, this this peak, 
I never felt so much emptiness and sadness. This really marked the beginning of an awakening for me. It triggered a descent to my, what I'll say, my rock bottom. I was down. I had a friend who introduced me to a supplement that he said, you know, it can can make you have an extra spark in life. You'll feel more productive again. You'll be happy. Uh, You know, lift you up. You're just going through a funk. You know, this, this will, this will take care of it. And so, you know, what do you, what do you do? You're going to trust a friend, obviously. Right. You know, I started taking this supplement and I'm, I'm not going to share the name of it just for legality purposes um, to, to protect myself. I believe it made me more productive and I believe it got me through a lot of sadness and depression um, and anxiety, but it acted as a band-aid, let's just say. And the unfortunate thing is um, the supplement, a lot of major teams um, in the NCAA, collegiate sports have been associated with this. You know, it's, it's terrible because um, there's numerous lawsuits now on the supplement for false advertising and all these um, negative experiences people have had from taking the supplement. And at the time, I didn't know that, unfortunately. I didn't know that. Um, but I wish I had, but maybe there's a reason why um, I didn't find out until later on, right? So I figured why not give this, this supplement a shot before I knew, obviously, all this legality stuff that happened. I took the supplement and... I gave it a shot and well, it turned out that, um, like I said, the product was falsely advertised and it was extremely, extremely dangerous. Like, I mean, when I say dangerous, dangerously addictive and a lot of people may dismiss when I say dangerously addictive, but like it's, it's very, it's not comfortable me sharing this, um, right now, but, um, I'm going to have to say it is let's just say this is what I didn't know is this supplement is what people will take to get off opiates, like really, really bad opiates, um, like painkillers or, or people will actually take to get off heroin. Um, like when I say extremely dangerous, it was extremely, extremely addictive. And many will dismiss when I say addictive and they'll say, Oh, you have no idea. You know, caffeine's addictive or, you know, nicotine's addictive, all these things. Well, let's just like take those two substances I just said right there and multiply them by a hundred. This is something that people will take to get off opiates. And I had no idea about that. The substance is called Kratom and it's a highly, highly addictive um, substance. Now you're probably like wondering like, why would I take something that's this addictive? Why wouldn't there be a warning label or anything like that? You know, I'm also asking the same questions. I wouldn't take anything this addictive by known number one. And number two, there was no warning label. Um, many of these products that do many stores that do sell Kratom or where you can buy it, it generally has a warning label and it's, it's like very regulated in the sense of, you know, it's behind the counter, like that you have to, you can only buy so much. Well, this product, how it was sold was anyone could buy it on the internet. It was this whole total scam, this deceptive marketing and numerous podcasts were promoting it. So it seemed like it was safe, right? And it was advertised differently as, as Kava was the main product or the main thing that was that was in the supplement. But really it was Kratom that was the addictive compound that was in that. And so um, this, this soon became a $50,000 a year habit, unfortunately. Um, it, it's, I hate to say that, but it, it literally turned into that and it nearly cost me everything, including my house, my friends, my family, 
my integrity. I mean, my life, I know that sounds crazy, but it, it literally got that bad. And the wild thing about all this, this really is what marked my descend to rock bottom, getting addicted to this, um, this substance. And I'll never forget. It was like a hot summer night and I was experiencing probably one of my lowest of lows. I mean, I was, I was trying to do all this work. I was nonstop ripping like eight of those like little bottles back. I was drinking them and I was like neurotic. Like I was going to go for a run because I was trained for a marathon. I was going to go for a run at like, because these things keep you up. They keep you you know energized and you go for a run at like 2 a.m. Like it's crazy and get up at like 6 a.m. And really here's where I found myself at the mercy of this exogenous substance. Like never before. I mean, it had a vice grip on me. I'll never forget that night when I broke down. I, I, my, my wife and I got in this argument and it was obvi- obviously I initiated it and we never fight. And it reminded me so much of my past and what I experienced. And I'll, I, I'll never forget it. I just had this like insane feeling I've never felt in my life where this immense amount of fear and it reminded me back to my childhood and it was some could say it's a flashback but I didn't think it was possible to shed as many tears as I shed that night I mean I I just I broke down and I cried intensely I mean it was it was over it was an I'd say a half hour straight of crying like sobbing I mean just full-blown crying it was it was so 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 much I mean, I, I couldn't believe I could even cry that much. Like it was that much. But when I finally regained composure, my wife comforted me and, and made me just realize what had just happened. It was like this like blissful feeling washed over me. And I, like I said, I don't want to sound like this free spirited person. Like I just, I, I felt like my heart had finally opened up and I started seeing things differently. I don't know what it was. It was like this, it just, I unblocked something and I felt like I had been holding on to something for years until that night. I, I know it sounds so cliche and too good to be true, but I, I, I feel this within all, like, I swear this is exactly what happened. And I feel it within my heart, like everything just opened and they finally released what was blocked and they, you know, I started to begin healing, I'd say. Um, I started to break free from these patterns. And it was weird because like shortly after, I was training like around that time, like I said, I had a marathon coming up. This was in August. And I was on my phone that night. I searched something on my phone and it turns out there's this guy, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's 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 a neuro uh, scientist and really big into um, quantum physics and, and all these things. And, you know, I came across one of his videos and it talked about um, how to change any habit in nine days or how to break any free of any addiction. When he says addiction, more so of like thinking, like addictive thinking. And really this was, I'd say a big turning point for me. You know, I just, I realized that this was like, this was no longer going to be me. I, I made a declaration to myself like this is the old me that I am no longer going to subscribe to. I had to unbecome to become who I'm truly meant to be. And I believe the marathon that I had coming up, I was training for, 
it served as an outlet to distract me from the substance. And I was able to become bigger than the substance, the, the Kratom I was taking. And, you know, successfully on, on October 8th, 2023, you know, just a few weeks before my race, I quit. You know, I finally quit. And was it easy? Absolutely not. It was the worst nine days of my life. This was, I know this sounds crazy, but it was the worst nine days I've ever experienced. I mean, it was the best in terms of letting go, but the worst in terms of how I felt physically. Um, it was horrible. I mean, like, I'm not going to get into all the details, but my whole body felt like it, it was just dying. Sweats. I felt sick to my stomach. I mean, I was using the bathroom nonstop. Uh, anxiety, paranoia, depression. Couldn't sleep. Woke up multiple times every night. Just this unsettling like feeling for for nine days. It was horrible. My joints hurt. My bones hurt. Everything was aching. I mean, this stuff is like I don't even know how it's legal. And in the midst of like all this turmoil, this addiction became like almost like a vehicle guiding me towards self-discovery. But for a while, it was the opposite. It also functioned as like this egoic shield that kept me safe. This realization prompted me really to understand that I was seeking external fulfillment to fill an internal void. And this shift, I'd say, of consciousness happened as I soon began to embrace forgiveness. And once I embraced forgiveness, I began healing significantly. And this was all fueled, I'd say, through my marathon, working on myself and, and completing that, that race. I'll never forget crossing that finish line of the marathon was unforgettable. I felt this profound sense of victory. You know, like I've never felt so much victory in my life. And obviously it's a huge accomplishment to run a marathon, but for me, it almost, it was like a double accomplishment where I realized I had to accomplish something much more significant than just a race. In that moment, I found my path. And looking back, I don't regret these experiences whatsoever. I mean, they shaped me for what I am now called to do. And this pain, you know, it led me to confronting my reality. I mean, it led me to being more vulnerable and peeling back the layers and healing from unresolved trauma, which then it resulted in this transformative change of mentality, emotionally and spiritually. And after hitting this rock bottom, I finally let go of the past. You know, I let go of the past that no longer served my highest self. And I believe life presents challenges, but without this experience or this challenge I'd say I went through, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I do believe we all receive signs in our lifetime. And this was my, my sign. It led me to unbecome and it allowed me to embrace who I'm meant to be. It allowed me to set clearer boundaries, love more unconditionally, and live more authentically. I believe I found my path through this experience. There was one of 12 things I've I really gained from this. And the first lesson I've learned is what I've discovered through this is the hard truth is no change can occur until you acknowledge the need for truth and transformation within yourself. And I like this one quote by, by Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson is, every mind must make its choice between truth and repose. It cannot have both. I love that because it's, it's I mean, it's, it's so simple and yet it's so powerful that you have a choice. You know, you can either choose, seek the truth 
or you can keep denying it and numbing yourself. Once you decide that you're willing to seek the truth and no longer subscribe to that old reality, that's when you begin the healing process. That's when you begin to change. So like I said, we have two choices. We can either seek the truth or deny the truth. And unfortunately, like many, you know, I was stuck for so long because I was controlled by my ego. And what is the ego like? The ego likes what is familiar. Inherently, the ego will attempt to prioritize familiarity for safety. It likes to cling to what is known. I mean, let's just be real. Even if it's negative, even if it's something that we know isn't good for us, the ego is going to cling to the known as it provides a sense of security and predictability, even if it's a bad thing. And even if it's better for us, that unfamiliar thing, even if it's a better thing, we know it is consciously, the ego perceives the unknown as a potential risk. It ultimately just leads us to a preference for the familiar, even if it's not beneficial. Because the job for the ego is to maintain that perceived sense of safety. And this is why seeking the truth is the only way to setting me and you free from the grip of the ego. By changing these patterns influenced by the ego, it involves conscious effort and large amount of self-awareness. But when you begin by recognizing and understanding your thought processes, and when you start acknowledging when the ego is driving these decisions based off familiarity or fear or the unknown, you then challenge these automatic responses and you gradually expose yourself to new experiences, new ideas, and new perspectives. And I really want to emphasize this is this process requires time. What got you to where you are right now took time. What is going to allow you to change is going to take time too. And yet with an open mind to growth and learning and honest self-reflection, this can be your guide. This can guide you into understanding your motivations. And gradually by consciously opting for different responses and habitual patterns and reshaping just your thinking, this will pave the way for personal growth and transformation. And just some closing thoughts before we end this is as you and I navigate through the twists and turns of our own personal journeys, remember that growth often arises from unexpected challenges. So embrace this process. Let go of what no longer serves you and step into the person you are meant to be. Now, as we anticipate into the future, I am very excited to reveal the evolution of, of where this podcast unfolds. I want to say this was influenced, this, this whole idea was influenced by two important people. And, and I have to go shout out to my wife, Kelly, and her best friend, Haley. In the next 12 episodes, they gave me this idea where each step is going to become its own episode. I'm going to sit down with um, a new person each episode, and we're going to have a very deep conversation. And we're going to explore their journey. And we're going to see how they embrace change. I just want to say one more time before we conclude this is, is thank you for tuning into this reinvention of the higher podcast. And my hope is this podcast brought so much value to your life. And hopefully if it did, you know, maybe it could help someone else and you could share it with someone else. But until next time, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And the last thing I will say is this. Here's to healing and ascending higher. This is the higher podcast. Gravitating toward your higher self.